eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the Boomer and Carton warm-up show with Alan Jerry. It's just like Boomer and Carton without Boomer or Carton. Good luck with that. Well, good morning, Al. Friday, what's up? Oh, hi, Jerry. So I have to admit, I'm watching the Met game last night with my son, and Noah Syndergaard in the first inning was lights out. I mean, he was awesome. And then Michael Conforto makes that diving catch in center field, and I turn to my son and I go, it's early. But when he's got this kind of stuff and you're getting catches like that, Watch out for the no-hitter. Because of one diving play in the outfield? It felt to me in that first inning that he looked as good as ever. I mean, 100 miles an hour on the radar gun. He's blowing guys away. He had that one battle. I forget who it was. might have been Frank. I forget who it was. But he had that one seven or eight pitch battle that he won. And then you get the fly ball. Conforto comes running in, makes the diving catch. And I said, just keep an eye. I'm telling you right now, no-hitter stuff. Well, he didn't walk ah. anyone, Jerry, for the another game. No, but how about you know? How about we don't throw wild pitches? How yes. about we're not tossing balls to first base with two guys about to collide? How about Estrubal Cabrera puts the glove down? How about Cespedes runs after a ball without breaking in first? Yeah, that I mean, inning uh, fell apart quickly. The ball that uh, got by Bruce at first base, the Foul first ball. one, right? I thought Foul the ball. same thing. I agree. And I, they didn't even make a big deal out of it because you can't. They said you, it's not replayable if the ump is right there if and the ump was the, on top of it. If the umpire is line of sight. Yeah. That looked like a foul ball. It was a foul ball. And then uh, that's when it fell apart. That then, was Altair, right? Then it, then it was the um, the the play where uh, Jay Bruce uh, yeah. being uh, playing first base for the first time in quite some time fields that ball. Well, now, whose fault is that? Cause no, uh, Terry Collins said Syndergaard was laxed on the play. He's supposed to get over there. That's his ball. He's lazy. He was too lazy getting over so to I first base. Homer's going to just drill him today. Because Jay Bruce didn't know what to do. He just floated the ball between Neil Walker and Noah Syndergaard. See, I thought he was leading Syndergaard to the bag. That's why it was Walker like there. Because that's what you do. Then I thought Ronnie Darling uh, made a great point last night. Talking about uh, Jay Bruce, that inning where the the blame was kind of going on Jay Bruce, even though it wasn't his fault. The ball that got by him that looked like a foul ball. Not his fault. Not his fault, but they're no. like, oh, it was his first time playing first that base. a diving attempt. Then the, the toss over to first base. So that was just a bad inning for him. And what Ron Darling had said is, how does you've got a guy who's, who's humming along batting-wise, yeah. right? Jay Bruce, Jay Bruce is on fire. Yes. You throw this into his mix, does this damage his psyche? And does it start to screw up his hitting because now he's playing a fielding position that's so. not 
That would I throw don't me think off, so, because Jerry. I'll tell you what. I actually looked at Jay Bruce last night. I thought he played well. I mean, even the even the error um, with the Syndergaard Walker play. How about the fact that he scoops up that ball and he looks the runner back to third, like he knew what he was doing. So no, I don't. I don't think that's fair. I really don't. And and by the way, maybe another sign for Reyes as he singles, steals second base, comes around to score. Whereas now the last couple of games he's had some decent at bats. The problem, and because Reyes has been so bad. Uh, Curtis Granderson at some point needs to start hitting the baseball to where guys aren't. He's 0 for 5 last night. I think he's batting 140 now. And now we got uh, the na- a series with the Nationals right here, Jerry, with uh, Cespedes leaving yesterday's game with a hamstring. I'm glad you brought that up. Something or other. Cespedes going from first to second on the Bruce double play ball, pulls up lame. Wilmer Flores has a, where'd this come from? A knee infection and he's in the hospital all night and he's not available last night. So who knows if he plays this weekend? I mean, what are we doing? And you got like, Daniel, Daniel Murphy coming back. He's been hurt. He's coming back. Yes. Tonight. And by the way, that's a good point because the Nationals have been dealing with injuries as well. So, But they got their main man but, coming back. Our guys are all going out, Jerry. Yes, and they're winning games because Bryce Harper is hitting the tar off the ball. Zimmerman yesterday with the home run. So, And Strasburg pitched well. So Mets are 8-8. Eight and eight. You can't panic. I mean, the Cleveland Indians are only 8-7, and seven, I think. They're not off to a great start. Here you go. Win a couple of games this weekend. All right. All right. Uh, the uh, over in Chicago, Jerry. There's a uh, jewelry store that's one. selling. Well, there's multiple, but there's uh, there's one that's selling. Uh, it's officially licensed. Uh, the replica World Series rings for the Cubs. Uh, th- they have different pricing. They have you can buy one up to ten thousand dollars, or you can buy the ones that are selling out. These five hundred dollar replica rings, okay. which are selling extremely well in Chicago. Would you wear No. Like you're a fan of I would not. you love the Cowboys. I work for them. If the Cowboys won a Super Bowl and you could buy a five hundred dollar cowboy replica ring. Now maybe you would might I, would but, I like to have it? Right. Yes. Would mm-hmm. I wear it? Yes. I don't wear this is the only thing I wear. It's the only piece of jewelry I wear is my wedding ring. I don't wear a necklace. I don't wear anything else. You're not a jewelry guy. I have the fitness watch, but that's not jewelry to me. Uh no, I would not wear it. What did I do? I didn't do anything. Yeah, but you know there are guys in Chicago going to the bars on Friday and Saturday night with their Cub jersey on and their well, championship ring. Let rings. me ask you this. Jets haven't won a Super Bowl in forever. If the Jets won the Super Bowl and a jewelry store around here was selling replica jet rings, do you not think we wouldn't have the same deal going on? Where people would be buying them up? Yeah. But not wearing them. Like maybe you put it on your shelf in your man cave. I think people would be wearing them. I wouldn't. You wouldn't. I think I would other not. people would. And good for them. They wear it proudly. Go did, for it. Did you have a uh, high school ring, Jerry? I did not buy Yes. We that did, was I the thing, though, right? I, uh, well, I mean, they sold them. I just didn't get yeah, one. Yeah, I didn't buy one either. I Eddie, no did interest. you buy your high school uh, ring? No chance. No chance. I had my varsity jacket. I was good. I still have it, too, by the way. I wonder if, did I not buy it because my parents wouldn't pony up the cash for They're it? probably embarrassed you didn't go to your prom. I can get you a ring. Well, it wasn't a prom ring, Jerry. You it was hung a out graduation at the mall with ring. Four right, you didn't need a, a reminder of a, just a miserable experience. That's true. And then I see people buying college rings when they graduate college. I didn't do that either. I saw an older gentleman. Uh, he owns a store down the Jersey Shore. And when I was uh, talking to him, I looked down at his ring. He had a he had his high school ring on. How old was he? I'm, he probably had to graduate high school in like the 50s. Well, was it a championship ring? 
championship? Yeah, like a high school district championship. I don't think so. Some, I think people, some people peak in high school. That's right. Well, this guy was doing quite well for himself. I think he's peaking now. What does that mean, some people peak well, in high like, school? What does that mean? They're big high school football stars, right? Okay. And then they become losers, You mean hopefully. athletically they peak? No, just in life. Like if you're the star quarterback. Right, they're the BMOC. Whatever that is. BMOC. Big man on campus. Oh, big man on campus, definitely. And then um, it all peters out after that. You don't really become an athlete in college. You're a loser. I'm a loser. You drop out of college. Yeah. And then we hopefully, those are the people that never come to the reunion, so. I never go to the reunion. I've gone. Oh, <laughs> you, you have. <laughs> you tweeted out, hey, I'll be at the reunion. Right. Hey, uh, <laughs> Colonia High School, class of 87, I'll be uh, appearing this weekend. I'm oh, Al Hughes. There. What Al, are you doing? Al Dukes of the Boomer and Carton Show. How are you? Look at me. It was it was nice to go in and see you know some of the women who wouldn't, wouldn't give you the time of day. And now they're... Not looking great. <laughs> Unlike me, who uh, well, I, of course, show up with zero You're hair bald. on my head. <laughs> Hold on. You're 48, single, oh, and bald. 47. It's gone well. Well, I have a cool job. Better, and better the last couple of years, for sure. I would say this. It's okay to go to your high school reunion if you have a cool job. And this is a cool job. It is a cool you job. Know, I walk around all cocky when I'm... Uh, by Colonial High School reunion. <laughs> Ten years ago, Ron and Fez, not so much. Well, right. still cool. Fat and balding. People don't know. They just hear big radio stars coming to the high school reunion. And then you show up. Well. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we have the NFL schedule to get to. It's interesting. Uh, something on Carmelo Anthony and a bizarre story about a Bills offensive lineman. Then Boomer and Carton at six on the fan. It's the Boomer and Carton warm-up show with Al and Jerry. It's like a podcast on the radio. So Welcome back. Boomer and Carton coming up in a couple of minutes. Rangers beat the Canadians in overtime 3-2. Mika Zibanejad with the game-winning goal. The Mets were a comedy of errors last night. Aside from a home run from Neil Walker, they were awful. And Noah Syndergaard was good. But uh, all in all, a 6-4 loss to the Phillies. You get Mets and Nationals tonight. Yankees in Pittsburgh. CC Sabathia takes on someone by the name of Tyler Glasnow. Uh, be a seventh major league start. We'll have that game for you on the fan. And the Cavaliers had a wild comeback, beat the Pacers 119 to 114. Other couple of quickies here. The NFL schedule was released. Did anything catch your eye? Well, I, I asked Eddie what he was doing before I go, what are you doing over there? He goes, I'm studying the NFL schedule. <laughs> now, did you study the Cowboys schedule? No, but I went through it since I do work for the, for the team for Compass Media Networks. And here's what caught my eye. Uh, one one o'clock game. The whole season. They're primetime players. Except for, I guess there's one other one, but it's week 17. That, to me, doesn't count because that could be moved to prime time. They're either playing at night or at 4.30 every Sunday or Monday. And I see the Giants have Thanksgiving night, yep. Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve. Well, yeah, everybody's playing Christmas Eve the 24th. They have, like the Cowboys, they're playing at 4.25 on Christmas Eve. And the Jets only get one primetime game. Well, I thought it's people who celebrate Christmas. And I, well, you have kids, do you prefer that? If no, you're a fan, I'd I hate it. No, I don't like it. I'd much prefer one o'clock. Would you prefer Christmas Day? No, I would prefer one o'clock on Christmas Eve because to me, Christmas Eve is really after six o'clock. Getting ready, got yeah, it. Yeah, so one o'clock would be fine. A four thirty game is brutal, and the Giants, I think, their four thirty game on Christmas Eve, if I'm not mistaken, Eddie studied it, so he'd remember, is in Arizona. I think is it not? Yes. So that sucks. For if you work for the Giants. And I thought every team had to be on Thursday night, but the Jaguars and the Browns have zero primetime games. I didn't this notice year. that. Yeah. Well, rightly so. 
I mean, really. Yeah, of course. But I'm saying normally they they stick the Thursday night schedule. Well, didn't we have Titans Jaguars Every year. last year? No, right? like the last few years. Right. I think they finally realized 17 people watched it. Let's move away from. Yeah, those we don't games. like that. Probably not good. And did you see? Uh, so in the newspaper today, Jerry is uh, Mello did not uh, impregnate a stripper. That uh, he it's a a girl in uh, Chicago. Supposedly, the newspapers have her photo, her name, and everything. <laughs> And I thought the same thing you thought. It looks just like Lala. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's the same look. Why? Probably younger. A younger version, perhaps. I suppose. Maybe, maybe not. But I'm with you. You would think if you're going away from the wife, you would really go away yes. from the wife with a completely different look. Unless some guys have a look. Uh, I suppose, but then why not just travel your wife with you? Uh, that's a good question, Jerry. And then what's going on with this Bills player? We have 12 seconds. Oh. Do you really want to get into Cyrus Quango <laughs> <No>. right now? <laughs> well, he was like half naked. Naked underwear on. Oh, he had underwear on. A farm. <laughs> it's the Yankees and now Pittsburgh he's in the Pirates. Details in coming up. Inter- Yo, 6 o'clock. Nice job, Eddie Scazzeri. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Boomer Esiason, Craig Carton. Flashback. <laughs> It's Friday. Holla! Tom Izzo here for another installment of the Boomer and Carton Show Flashback Friday. For today's flashback, the guys take a call from BNC Hall of Famer Joe D. in Brooklyn. I am a Joe D. is known for his raspy voice, undying love for old school Yankee players, and burning hatred for Craig. Most calls from our boy Joe D. end with an angry hang-up, but this one is a bit different. One of the more pleasant Joe D. experiences. So we take you back. It's Joe D. in Brooklyn, May 3rd, 2011. Here he is in Brooklyn, my main man, Joe D. What's cooking, Joe D.? What's up, sir? How are you? How are you, Joe D.? And uh, what you call it, Mr. Boomer? How are and you? Mr. Good morning, Joe D. Doing well? Yes. Uh, you know, Boomer, I've never said this on the air, but I have to say this to you right now. It's a shame that the NFL has not recognized you as being in the Hall of Fame because you totally belong in the Hall of Fame along with Phil Simms, and they've totally overlooked you and Phil Simms. Well, you know how it goes, Joe. Hall of Fame. As my nose is brown, uh, as I talked to Boomer today, what else is on your mind, Joe? Joe D., well, thank well, you very much, by the way. Thank you that, very much. But the quarterback so before me in Cincinnati must go I'm first. That's see, Kenny I'm Anderson. Boomer and Carton Show button pusher, the Eddie Scazzeri. Craig really loved when Joe D called because Craig likes it when any crazy caller uh, calls. And especially if they get angry and start saying crazy stuff, that really uh, feeds Craig. Joe, I think, uh, had a love-hate relationship with Craig. Talking to Carton is like talking to the wall. Uh, and with Boomer, I guess, as well. Now, now, I'd like to bring up the biggest loser ever in sports, okay? Now, who's that? I think it's Boomer size. Mostly hate, I think, but there, there was some moments of, of love for Joe. Yeah, the clip featured here uh, is actually one of the nicer uh, exchanges between uh, Joe D. and Craig. Um, you know, they were singing Sinatra, and they were just kind of goofing around. So it was uh, more lighthearted, less serious, and uh, nobody called anybody any serious names. I have had the pleasure, air quotes, of meeting uh, Joe D. in Brooklyn uh, once when he came 
to uh, Astoria. And I don't exactly remember why he was invited in, but he was. And he came, and uh, then uh, it was like that old Saturday Night Live bit, The Thing That Wouldn't Leave. The Thing That Wouldn't Leave! By the way, I think I have a drop of that. Do I miss Joe D? Uh, If Joe D were to call twice a year, uh, I would say yes. But if we got Joe D back, he would probably want to try to call every day. So in that case, no, I do not miss Joe D. If you guys agree with what I'm going to say. All right. Now, now do me a favor. Just listen closely because yes. I think I'm totally right in this. All right, as you right always now, are. Right now, Boomer and, and Craig, I see I see a great ball player's skills going back quite a bit in Derek Cheatham. I believe, Boomer, that after this season, if he hits around 240 or 250, he should really try to consider retiring. Do not go out bad. Go out with class. He's got a three-year contract, Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a problem, Joe. He's going to. You know what? In other years, words, well, here's what you're saying: three years, you, seventeen million dollars left. Seventeen million. Joe, per here's year, what you're saying: he's not going to retire. You don't want him to go out like Mickey Mantle and have a career batting average of two ninety nine and come, not three hundred. How come you mentioned go out like Mickey Mantle, but you avoided to mention? Going out like Willie Mays. Willie Mays in his last seven years was a shell of his form. I'll tell you why, Joe, because Willie Mays wasn't a Yankee. And, of course, That's as right. you know, he wasn't a right. Mickey Mantle he was a Yankee, and Mickey Mantle went out a shell of his former self. I so did Willie Mays. But he was not a Yankee, and Mickey was, and that's why I said it. But Mickey was a winner. Listen, Derek Jeter leads the league in swinging bunts for singles this year, and you know it. Right? Right? Right Right or wrong? Right. 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 But let me ask you. He's the most overpaid player in the league today, right or wrong? Right. Is is Derek Jeter... Yes, but here's the deal, Jody. This is why this I said right, but here's the deal. This is why the Steinbrenner said it's business. I agree. We don't have to pay him twenty million a year because it's a business. But here's here's one other thing, guys. Guys, right? Here's one other thing. And you're gonna have Jose Reyes next year if you want him. Yeah, right. I I, I do. Except he'll be in Philly. I want Jose Reyes. I want Boomer and Carton Show producer. Al Dukes. Who is Joe D in Brooklyn? Uh, He's an old timer that used to call the show quite a bit. Uh, Really had a love for the old time Yankees and didn't really seem to care too much for Craig. The relationship between Joe and Craig was always uh, uh, pretty contentious, I guess is the word you would use. Uh, Joe was always calling about uh, how things were greater in the old days and Craig would immediately go into... Um, kind of like old man voice or doing a Joe D impression and trying to talk about Frank Sinatra and all things that, you know, kind of older people talk about. This was one of the more pleasant calls between uh, Joe D and Craig. Uh, these It really depended. These calls really went the way that Joe D uh, came on the show. So if he came on angry right off the bat, uh, the calls went south pretty quickly. If he called in having fun, being relaxed, talking about something more happy, uh, then the calls, uh, they went all right. They weren't terrible. But if he came on the show specifically to yell at Craig for something, it did not go well. 
My relationship with Joe D when he would call me as the call screener, oftentimes he would call just to yell at Craig through me. So I would have to sometimes talk him into going on the air because I knew if he called in not wanting to go on the air and I got him to go on the air, the call would go horribly wrong and we as listeners would be the winners. I did meet Joe D one time. We invited him to come into the radio station and he was a giant pain in the ass. I remember he got there super early. He stayed super late. He was a very needy person. Uh, needed all the focus, all the attention on him, off the air, on the air, in the hallway, where's the bathroom? Like, he was really, uh, really a handful. I don't know whatever happened to Joe D. Every once in a while, someone would ask, and then I'd be like, yeah, I haven't heard him. And then I'd hear him call in on the overnight. And I think what happened with Joe D is the same thing that hope happened with uh, Omar in Brooklyn and some of these other regular callers to FAN. And that is, they call the other shows, uh, most likely the overnight shows or the midday show. They call those shows so often that the phone screening software doesn't allow them to get through to our show, as you can only call the radio station like once every three days or something like that. So I think Joe D fell into that. Although, quite honestly, I haven't heard Joe D's voice on this radio station in many years. Hope everything's okay. Do I miss Joe D? Not really. He was a bit of a one-trick pony calling in about how the Yankees and how life was the best when it was Joe D and Marilyn Monroe and Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth and Oscar Gamble and whatever other guys are not from this century playing baseball. So I don't really miss those calls because they were pretty much the same call every time he called in. I mean, I hope he's okay and all, but I don't miss him as a caller. Joey, I a, I'll tell you a funny story, if I may, Joe. Yeah, yeah, what's the story, Greg? A year and a half ago, yeah. all right, I'm on the I'm on I'm on the Whitestone Bridge. Oh yeah, all right, driving? all right. Are you driving? I'm driving my car on the Whitestone Bridge, and there's a car next to me going about 49 miles an hour. Oh really? I look to my right. It's Jose Reyes. Is he driving? He's not driving. He's in the back seat on the left behind the driver. Is he dancing? He was not dancing. He's sitting in the car. Now, here's what I did. I lightly beeped the horn on my Chevy Caprice Classic Wagon. All right? Yeah. I look to my right. I make eye contact with Jose Reyes. Jose Reyes nodded to me as if he acknowledged my presence. Yes? We've been friends ever since. He's a dear friend. He's a dear friend? Okay. Kind of like, remember when you met Joe DiMaggio? You, you, mean, you mean the greatest center fielder that ever played the game. And he the waved. He waved to you from a train, and you said, that's a friend. Right? Yes. Well, say, I'm on the Whitestone Bridge. I don't know why he's on it. He nodded a head bob. And to me, we're friends for life, like blood brothers. Jose Reyes? Jose Reyes and me, friends. Right. Well, let me ask you a question. I can ask you one, one other question. I was once at the circus when <laughs> I was seven years old at Madison Square Garden. So was and I. And Tom Seaver, ta- terrific Tom, was sitting to my right. He passed me a popcorn, friends for life. 
Beautiful. Beautiful. Former FAN operations manager, Vicky. I was operations manager. When we were in Astoria, he would call me and yell. Not at me, but yell about Craig and complain constantly. Then we moved down here, and he still had my phone number, and he you know, continued to... At that point, he was just always on a tear about Craig. It's, he stopped being friendly with them somehow and started always being annoyed and mad at everything they'd said. And I would say to him, Joe, don't listen. You know, you're calling in the show. Don't call. If that's what's making you mad, then don't do it. He had two numbers. He had a cell phone. God, don't even know how he knew how to use a cell phone. He had his house phone and his cell phone. And both numbers would call up on my caller, come up on my caller ID. And I wrote them down and I pinned them to my pushpin board for numbers to not answer the phone for. So, no, I did not look forward to Joe's calls. <laughs> Once in a while, I'll answer it, and he, here's what he'll say. Okay, I'm just calling to check in, because you're a very nice person, calling to see how you are, and blah, 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 and then I'm going to call you back in two months. And I'm like, okay, fine, Joe, two months. And he will call me back in two weeks instead. I see the number come up, because, again, the little note on the side. Occasionally, Joe D. will still call me. Now, here's what I'm going to ask you this question. All right. You had Rex Ryan on before. A dear friend of mine. Rex Ryan. What? You had the coach of the Jets, Rex Ryan, on before. Correct. Why would you have a losing coach on your show? He's the winningest coach in football in the last two years. Yes. And who is the only coach to be ousted in the championship game well, we know it's not Tom Coughlin because he hasn't gotten there. First of all, Rex Ryan is a loser. He's a winner. He's a You're a loser. He's a loser. You're say a loser. It. Say it. Say it, Greg. It rolls off your tongue. Rex is a loser. You're a loser. Is a loser. By the way, are you concerned that your thighs will stick to the plastic on your couch this summer again? No, it won't. It won't? No, it won't. I've been a puppet, a poet. A pauper, a pirate, a poet. Come on. A pawn and a king. I've been up. And up and down and, and over and, and out. out. But what do I know? And I know one thing. What is it? I know when the Jets take the field this coming year, they will have a good record, but they will be ousted again in the playoffs. <laughs> That's life. <laughs> Good for Joe D today. Good for Joe D today. Nice job. Way to go, Joe D. Joe D did good today. You know, Cotton. That's right. Back on top in May, in June or May, whatever it's in the summertime. That's life. That is life. You know, Joe D purposely hurt Mickey Mantle so that he wouldn't take over center field because he was a bitter old man. Oh, that's right. But I love me some Joe D. Hey, how about the fact that uh, Derek Jeter is going to be moved to DH next year and Jorge Posada is going to be by And Jose Reyes will be playing short. A puppet, a pirate, a poet, a poet, a pirate, a pawn, and a king. Yo, Jerry Rello's working today. And he's here. Oh, but I know one thing. Gotcha. <laughs> Yankees that was a good call by Joe D today. You know, he, he, was, was, he was on it. He was feisty you, today. Joe, Joe, that's an A-plus by Joe D today. He wins. He I, give him, I give him a win today. And there you have it. An A-plus call from our old friend Joe D in Brooklyn. Now, wasn't that nice? 
that'll wrap it up for this week's Flashback Friday. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm Tom Izzo, and you stay classy. If you enjoyed the segment, please do us all a favor. and Tell your friends. Tell your friends. And now this week's Al Duke's Classic. We do remember we do this part. You go like this. Hey, hey, hey. yeah, yeah. Whoa, hey, Jerry's hey. out of tune. Whoa, I'm in a Hey, hey. That's a lot. This is about 40 minutes of this first. 40, 40 minutes? Oh no, I'm sorry. I think I'm coming up here. I'll hey. use hey. Here hey. we go. It goes like this. Hey. We know the outcome from the very start. Craig locked it up. You know he did his part. Now, Giants fans, what I'm telling you, we're going to throw a deep to Victor Cruz. Eli dropping back, he'll hit Hakeem Nicks. The Dolphins really suck, so we don't need no tricks. Everyone's open, who will Eli choose? He'll throw a deep to Victor, Victor Cruz. Cruz. Hey, hey. Whoa. Hey, hey. Whoa. Hey, hey. Whoa. Keep the ball on the ground, yeah. Bradshaw up the middle, he'll pound. The wish that they had Andrew Luck when they get squashed by Justin Tuck. Here's the moral of the story, yeah. Craigie knows he locked it up because the Dolphins blow. Eli will probably hit every pass. Tony Sperano can kiss my ass. That's all I really have. Al's not used. bad, not bad at all. Yeah, Timmy's going to be better, but not bad. Yeah. I like my the fact that you that. got uh, yeah, Tom Coughlin. And yes, yeah, I have it? locked it up. It's a guaranteed W for the Giants. We'll do it against the spread cut over 930. And yes, should the Giants in some miraculous fashion not win, you're all going to the Empire State Building. Right, exactly. Can't wait. Right? We're not staying at the same place, but, but I thought you're I all going to the Empire State Building. We're going for lunch, dinner. Hotel rooms. Yeah, but different hotels. I know, but I, I told you I'll you could get squashed that. instead if you want. I would rather, you know, who the hell wants to, to do me? that? Do you know? Do you have the woman that would do the squashing of me or no? Uh, I, I can find one. We'll you know, find one because you're still friends with that girl in Jersey, aren't you? <laughs> She'd be perfect. Perfect. I do not want to be squashed. I'd All rather right. buy you guys lunch, dinner, and breakfast the next morning.